All right. It's good to be with you this morning. I'm Pastor Andrew. I'm one of the pastors here at Christ Church. And today is uh, kind of a big day around here. It is, uh, goes by a bunch of different names, but one of the most popular uh, names that it has is Palm Sunday. You heard of Palm Sunday before? Yeah, a lot of head. Okay, all right, good. So today is Palm Sunday. It's a big deal. It's a big day because for those who are familiar with the Christian church, uh, the, the last couple weeks, we have been kind of preparing and getting ready for what is in front of us this week. So in the Christian tradition, we prepare ourselves for remembering, kind of joining again ourselves to the narrative and the story where Jesus gives up his life upon a cross and where three days later he would rise again from the tomb. And so there's a lot of things that lead up to that. As Anna was saying, there's so many pieces and parts that enrich that story and help us understand the significance of what took place 2,000 years ago, how that to this very day continues to matter and relate to us. So first off, I want to invite you. we got a whole bunch of stuff happening this week. Uh, put Maundy Thursday on your calendar. This Thursday is a special service at 7 p.m. here where we remember how Jesus uh, started and kind of instituted communion. And so it's kind of getting at where does communion come from and why do we do that and what's important about it. And then Good Friday, we have a drama that's taking place. We have two different services where you are going to be kind of all immersed in the experience kind of leading up to the cross. Uh, his, his crucifixion on the cross. And then Easter Sunday, uh, we hope to pack the place out. We want to invite you to invite others. Go out there and tell other people about how cool and how awesome it is to be with uh, other Christians on Sunday morning. And non-Christians are often open at this time too, just to hear the story and what's all this stuff about. So I want to invite you to get out there and invite others to Easter Sunday, uh, Sunday morning. So it should be, it's, it's a big week. I mean, it's a big deal. But I don't want to get in front of myself too much because we're still on Palm Sunday. We're at the very start. Palm Study Sunday starts the week. And just to give you an idea of kind of what's been going on so far, give you an idea of what's taking place and why is this so big, it's because over the last three years, Jesus has been walking and healing and preaching and teaching and he's gathered a whole bunch of followers and he's doing some incredible stuff and people are really starting to get jazzed about this guy named Jesus. This guy from Nazareth who's out in the middle of nowhere in Galilee and he's doing incredible stuff. And three years of him and his teachings has really drawn a lot of attention and people are asking the question, Could this guy, this Jesus, be the guy that we have been waiting for, praying for, asking God to bring us? Is this some sort of a a promised Messiah is often the term in the Jewish faith. A Messiah, someone who is going to be who God promised, a deliverer, a conqueror, someone who's really going to change the world. Is Jesus that guy? And so these three years go by, and that kind of builds, that anticipation, that questioning. And all of a sudden, Jesus says, okay, it's time. I'm heading down to Jerusalem. 
I'm going to Jerusalem, which is God's own city. It's the seat of power in the political area. It's the seat of power, the military seat of power, and the religious seat of power is all found in Jerusalem. And Jesus says, I am heading down to Jerusalem. And so people are like, whoa, it's go time. It's happening. Like Jesus has been talking and preaching about a new kingdom. Boom. He's about to bring it. And so he shows up in Jerusalem on that Sunday morning. We celebrate it right now where he comes walking into Jerusalem with his followers. He's riding on a donkey in this humbling and incredible experience. And his followers are going nuts. I mean, Jerusalem's a big city. It was back then. It was happening. There was stuff going on. But all of a sudden, there's this eruption. There's this commotion. There's this interruption to what Jerusalem is used to as all of these people, these followers of Jesus, flood the streets and start shouting and praising, Jesus, Hosanna, Jesus is here. It's incredible. And it's recorded in the Bible in a couple different places. One of the places that describes it well is in Luke chapter 19. This is what Luke 19 says about this this incredible hoopla commotion interruption, eruption. The whole multitude of disciples, that is all the people that have been following Jesus, began to praise God joyfully and with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen. So they they begin shouting and praising Jesus as he's here and recounting everything that they've seen Jesus do and accomplish in the last three years. And And so they began shouting and saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. So they're shouting and screaming and and waving palm branches. That's where we get uh, Palm Sunday from. It was common as a a sign in that day to take a palm branch from a tree and wave it in the air. Uh, It's kind of like those giant foam fingers. You guys know what I'm talking about? That's what's going on here. Everybody's waving those things like, Woo! You know, they're all jazz. It's happening, right? And so there's these other guys, though, called Pharisees in the crowd. And, and they're, the, they're the religious leaders of the day. And they're not so hot on this whole thing. And so they shout to Jesus, Hey, yo, teacher, order this stuff to stop. Put a stop to all of this. And Jesus answers them, I tell you, <laughs> if my followers were silent... Even the stones would shout out in anticipation, in excitement, in hope, in joy that I have come and arrived. I mean, this is is one big eruption that has taken place within God's people that even heaven and earth join in. This is big stuff. And this comes, like I said, as a pretty big interruption to what is normal in that day and age. I mean, if you go to the context and you look at what people in Jerusalem are used to, uh, accustomed to in that day, well, first things first, uh, Jewish boys and girls, men and women, the Jews, are not in power. They don't have much in the way of control, even over their own lives. Rome has come in. Rome is this foreign empire that has come in and and, and dominated them. 
Rome is in charge. If you're a Jewish man or Jewish woman living 2,000 years ago and you hear this commotion and you're like, what's going on? And you're wondering what's going on. uh, You do so as an oppressed person. You do so having heard and grown up with over and over again that you are a second-class citizen. You're a nobody. You're a loser. Your life can't amount to much. You're accustomed to violence. You're accustomed to somebody else telling you what to do. You are used to and accustomed to the message that Rome is in charge and you are not. That's what you're used to. That's what's normal. You're used to hearing about other cities being conquered and more people being slaughtered. You're used to hearing about some far-off entity that's making decisions that directly impact you. And to make things worse, not only do you have the reality of Rome and and having to be told that you're some sort of nobody, second-class citizen, you have the Jewish leaders of the day who don't help much. I mean, the Jewish leaders of the day, the Pharisees you just heard read in the Scriptures... The messages and what you're being told from them is, yes, uh, uh, you're, you're Jewish, and as a result, you need to follow and live a certain way. You have to behave. Not only are you being told from Rome that you're a nobody, second-class citizen, oh, by the way, pay all your taxes, but you're being told by the religious elite of the day, you need to behave, you need to live up, to, to, you need to live in a certain way, to live up to a certain way. Oh, by the way, not only do you have to pay taxes to Caesar, you've got to pay the temple tax as well. So you've got these religious leaders who are layering on all this other messaging to you about what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to live and da 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 And then... You you throw in the crazies, the zealots. They're another group running around at this time. You've got Rome, you've got the Jewish leaders, then you've got these guys, the zealots, who hate the religious leaders and who hate Rome, and so their answer is rebellion. Fight the man! Okay, that's what the zealots are screaming. Fight the man! And they're running around with knives and they're planning rebellions and they're stealing and and, and their attitude is if you're not with us, you're against us. If you're not for us, you're our enemy. And so you either join or die. Fight the man. And so you're being told by the zealots, you're not a real Jew unless you're with us. You're not a real follower. You're not part of God's people unless you pick up your weapons and fight with us. So you got Rome, you got these Pharisees, these Jewish leaders, you got these zealots going on. And the whole time you're coming home just doing your daily ins and outs, and you get home and throw your feet up on the recliner, and your wife comes in with the honeydew list. The leaf is roof, the roof is leaking, the, the, the stable's got to get mucked out. I mean, you got to clean up. You gotta, where's the money, honey? We got to make our payments to Caesar and the temple tax. And I was embarrassed the other day because I couldn't pay it. And, and you're just trying to do life, and you got the kids running around and. And you're being told over and over and over and over again how messed up and broken your life is and this world is. You are being inundated with messages, with bad news. Inundated with, you're not in charge and there is no hope for you. Just try to get by. 
I mean, you think about turning on the tube 2,000 years ago. Yes, they didn't have TV, but work with me. What do you imagine you see and hear? You probably see and hear a lot of messages that we see and hear today. Think about today's context. Think about the nightly news you see today when you turn on the TV. Do you ever get told that you're second class? That you don't fit into the social strata? I mean, do you ever get told or see the reality of violence in the world? Bombs going off in subways? Poverty? I mean, think about the messages that you see during the commercials and the messages that you receive. You're not skinny enough. You're not smart enough. You're not making enough. You're not worth anything. And it, it, it attacks our self-esteem. It attacks our identity. It, it, it undercuts who we are. We're just totally inundated day in and day out in our world right here, right now, just like they were 2,000 years ago with the reality that our world and our lives are broken. So when all of a sudden there's this interruption eruption, this commotion that's happening outside. You can't help but go and investigate. I mean, it's Palm Sunday is this moment where, where Jesus and his followers are interrupting what you have come to accept as normal. I mean, all of a sudden, you're sitting there 2,000 years ago with the tablet times and you're reading and getting depressed and frustrated with the world and with your life. And all of a sudden, you hear all this noise, this Hosanna, this blessed is the king. You're like, what's going on? Honey, you know what's going on? Now go check it out. Okay. So you're like sticking your head out the window and there's people running by and there's stuff happening. You're like, I'm going to go check this out. You strap on your sandals, you head out the door and you're like, hey. What's going on? You grab the guy. The guy next to you says, Jesus is here. And you're like, cool, who's that? And he says to you, oh my gosh, you don't know who he is. Let me tell you about him. My name's Bart, short for Bartholomew. And this guy, Jesus, he changed my life. I was, I was blind and I was a beggar on the street and everybody told me I couldn't amount to anything, that my life was going nowhere, that nothing lay out in front of me. The best that I could do is just be a beggar on the street. And this guy, Jesus, came and he, he told me something different. He said he could heal me. And then he did. He healed me. He performed this miraculous deed of power. And my life has changed. So you're kind of blown away, kind of curious by this. And you walk down further in the street. And you're like, well, who is this Jesus guy? 
And you see some women huddled together, and one of them is crying and waving palms, and, and she's all crying, and there's other women around her. You're like, what in the world's going on? And so you kind of go over, and, and you overhear her telling about how Jesus, this Jesus who's come to Jerusalem, this Jesus it came into her life at a, at a time when she was told that she was going to have to die because she led a life of promiscuity, and she led a life that was her old self, and the guys dragged her out, and they were all going to stone her, and Jesus showed up right when she was about to be stoned, and he was there, and, 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 and he said some things, and all of a sudden, he interrupted the ritual, and he said, let the first one who has never, ever sinned, you can throw the stone. And all the men dropped their stones and left, and he saved me. My life's been different ever since. At a time where I didn't think my life had a future, all of a sudden, Jesus showed up, interrupted, and said some really incredible stuff that changed my life. And so you hear another deed of power. This happens over and over again. The more people that you meet, the more people that you bump into, you begin to hear and see how Jesus, this Jesus guy, he took normal, ordinary fishermen who were working a dead-end job and gave them a sense of purpose and hope. He took people whose lives were were sinful and, and hateful and spiteful and he worked deeds of power and wonder and majesty and changed their lives. And you begin to see You begin to understand. You begin to hear for the first time good news. Not depressing, not hurtful stuff. Not the same old messages about how you won't amount to anything. For the first time, you hear good news you start to hear from this Jesus guy and his teachings and who he is that God has a plan for your life. God's got a future for your life. When the world tells me that you don't make enough money, Jesus shows up, interrupts that, and says, Psh, let me tell you about treasure in heaven. And when the world shows up and tells you that you got no, nothing going for you and nobody likes you, Jesus shows up and says, I love you. I care about you. Jesus interrupts the broken news reel with good news of his love for you. So it's no wonder that the people start erupting. When you hear for the first time that your marriage can be saved, that your kids can be incredible young people that grow up to honor God and live full lives and, and that you can actually reconcile with that friend or that parent, that's good news. That God loves you and forgives you, regardless of whatever you have done. That he pl- has plans and a purpose for your future. That is good news. So it is little wonder that that God's 
people start erupting and shouting and, and there's this commotion going on. This is something to get jazzed about. This is something to be excited about. God has, has, has spoken good news to you just as he did 2,000 years ago. And last 2,000 years ago, they, they just erupted. They erupted with excitement and with, 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 with anticipation that Jesus Christ has come into the world and that he's here. And even the earth itself would cry out because all of heaven and all of earth has received the good news. Jesus Christ has come to forgive, to love, and provide a future. I don't know about you, but man, when I hear that, when I think about that, I want to erupt. I mean, what do you think? Don't you want to just get excited? Pastor Bob does. Cool. All right. We we definitely. Okay. All right. That's good. That's good. But I think we might need a little help and a little assistance in this whole eruption thing. So let me tell you this again. When Jesus Christ shows up on Palm Sunday, hope erupts. When Jesus Christ shows up on Sunday, hope erupts. And peace and joy erupt!
well, oh. <laughs> That's what I call an eruption. Huh? Way to go, kids. Thank you, kids, for being an eruption for us. Thank you. I love our church. <laughs> yeah, that's what it must have been like, huh? I don't know if they had the streamers quite like we do, but they had palm branches. I don't know if they had, you know, all the party hats and stuff, but they had excitement. They had exuberance. They had the joy and the excitement that you just saw and experienced. The Bible even says that in that moment, from the mouth of babes and young children, Hosanna in the highest was proclaimed. From our kids today, that same Hosanna is being lifted up. Because those kids know and understand the good news. Jesus Christ has come into our world to be a part of our lives, to interrupt the darkness and the brokenness, to interrupt even the permanence of death, and to bring you good news that you are loved, you are forgiven. God has a hope and a plan and a purpose for your lives and for this world. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we do erupt this morning with joy and excitement, with hope and peace. We erupt because we have heard the good news that you, Christ, have come. You have showed up and arrived. Just as you came to Jerusalem, you come to us to bring good news, to interrupt the broken cycle that we seem trapped in and offer us hope and life and freedom. Thank you. (laughs) Hosanna. This day, just as 2,000 years ago, God, we worship you and we praise you. We lift our praise and thanksgiving with all heaven and earth for you are a blessed king who has come. Thank you. Jesus Christ, it's in your name that we pray.